，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Olufsen 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。The Ministry of National Defense says officer in Jinmen's Erdan Island followed the relevant procedures in response to a drone intrusion earlier this month. The ministry has confirmed that a Chinese civilian drone has approached a sentinel station on the island on August 16. Amid concerns that drone intrusions could become more commonplace in the future, experts say Taiwan must make good use of anti-drone systems, which are due to be installed next year. The systems will allow Taiwan's military to identify potential threats, as well as launch response mechanisms adapted to a wide variety of situations. A Chinese drone approaches a sentinel station on Erdan Island. Soldiers throw stones at it to drive it away. Before leaving, the drone captured a high-definition photo of two of the soldiers. The Jinmen Defense Command on Wednesday confirmed that a civilian drone had approached the area on August 16th. It said that the soldiers on duty had carried out identification and response measures and reported the sighting, while the soldiers off duty spontaneously decided to throw stones at the drone. The officers involved had abided by the principle of preparing for war without starting a war and had avoided escalating the incident and causing conflict while taking any necessary precautions. In a press release on Wednesday, the Ministry of National Defense said that after Taiwan's drone defense system is installed next year, defense operations and outlying islands will have priority for its usage to respond to gray zone threats. The drone defense system was developed by the National Zhongshan Institute of Science and Technology. The remotely operated system has optoelectronic surveillance and interference functions. The drone spotted in Jinmen was likely a small multi-axis camera drone. When countering unmanned systems, there are many considerations and approaches, ranging from soft kills and interference to hard kills. By the time we can see drones with our bare eyes, it is too late. You have to construct a surveillance system that can detect drones before launching interference operations and countermeasures. Taiwan recently inaugurated a drone research and development center in Jiayi, aimed at establishing a national team with expertise in unmanned aerial vehicles. A DPP lawmaker recently pointed out that although Taiwan's government does not utilize China-made drones, it is difficult to control whether members of the public use Chinese drones. He says that the back end of the drone system should be kept in Taiwan, so that data is not sent to China, giving rise. To security concerns. Some countries buy Chinese drones and adjust them, but they don't say how. The U.S. special forces, like the U.S. Navy SEALs and Germany's Army, have purchased drones from Dajiang Innovations for training. They won't use them in actual battle scenarios, but it's to see how their adversaries could potentially use these drones. 
then you can learn how to counter them. The drones are modified to remove components that could give rise to information security concerns. They can be used as targets and to familiarize troops with equipment that the enemy might use. As technology advances, Warfare 2 changes. And as drones become more ubiquitous, Taiwan's military must figure out how to effectively deal with a growing threat. The pomelo season is fast approaching. Since Beijing banned the import of Taiwanese fruits, the Agriculture and Food Agency has developed new markets. Exports to Japan, Hong Kong and Canada are booming. In Japan especially, the sweet and mild green fruit has found great favor. In some towns, there are even plans to distribute Taiwan pomelos in school lunches. Cut open a pomelo skin and its translucent crystalline flesh is revealed. As harvest approaches, the 10 big pomelo producing regions of Taiwan are about to be inundated with 70,000 tons of the green fruit. The Agriculture and Food Agency hopes their appeal among Taiwanese families will extend beyond the traditional pomelo extravaganza of mid-autumn festival. Our pomelos are fall pomelos. We urge Taiwanese people to see pomelos as an extremely healthy fruit. They contain vitamins C, A, B and E, as well as lots of fiber. And the government is working hard on exports too. Since the Chinese ban, the agency has been diversifying its markets. This year, Hong Kong, Canada, Singapore and Japan are the main targets. The distinctive quality of Taiwan pomelos has drawn praise from Japanese diplomats. One recently placed an order for 66 tons to be given as healthy lunch to local elementary and middle school students, as well as kindergartners. I ate my first Taiwanese pomelo in 2020. I saw how green it was and thought it would be sour like a lemon. I didn't know how to cut it open either. I didn't realize how fragrant and sweet it would be. It was such a surprise. Now I know its qualities and I know how to eat it. At this trade press conference, the leaders of Japan's Kasama City and Odai Town both sang the praises of Taiwanese fruit. Future generations of children in Japan might just have a summer pomelo as their first taste of Taiwan. After a three-year hiatus, the Taiwan Plus Life Festival will be held in Tokyo on September 17th and 18th. A total of 70 Taiwanese brands and performers will travel to Tokyo showcase their works. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in to see the highlights. Indigenous singer Suming Rupi takes the stage, giving the audience a preview of his upcoming performance at the Taiwan Plus Life Festival. After a three-year hiatus, the 2022 Taiwan Plus Life Festival will kick off again on September 17th and 18th in Tokyo. Over 70 Taiwanese brands will take part, bringing traditional Taiwanese arts and performances to Japan. The theme is based on auspicious days in Taiwan. It's phonetically the same as Japan's Taiyan, one of six special days in the Japanese lunar calendar. It similarly symbolizes a good omen. It also represents the good wishes that Japan and Taiwan have for the people of each other's country. 
I sincerely hope that the pandemic will end soon so that we can welcome more mutual visits and exchanges. At the press conference at the event, Akira Yokochi, the deputy representative of the Japan-Taiwan Exchange Association, delivered a speech in Taiwanese. He said that the pandemic had not stopped Taiwan and Japan from engaging in closer exchanges. Over the past two and a half years, although exchanges between Japan and Taiwan have been restricted, we have been challenged to support each other and work together to make our relationship closer. Through the event, organizers hope to boost post-pandemic exchanges between Taiwan and Japan. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Shibo Han in Taipei. Officials in Nantou have launched into action to protect Sound Moon Lake from predatory carp. The predatory fish have a debilitating effect on ecology in the popular tourist spot. Local fishermen believe they may be developing increasingly sophisticated hunting skills. But Nantou County officials will be staking out the carp from now until November. A red shadow in the water. These officials have been waiting patiently for the shoal of predatory carp to appear. They reach out their taser and send an electric shock into the shoal, then fish the carp out of the water. Nanto County Government 1, carp 0. We came down here straight away to carry out prevention. We've eliminated about two shoals, which is about 870 fish. Those 870 shocked fish are placed in a bucket. Officials say fishermen alerted them to the appearance of the carp last week. The prevention team rushed to Sun Moon Lake to ambush the fish. Moving in a shoal helps the carp hunt their prey, but it also makes them vulnerable to shock attacks from officials. There are more of them in July and August. They persist until October or November, so we'll continue our prevention work until that time. There is just one fish cultivation pond in Sun Moon Lake for the topmouth culter. Recently, a predatory carp bit through its pond net, allowing the carp to enter and hunt the culter. Fishermen think the carp's hunting skills are improving. After they ate the fish, they found their way out of the hole again. See how clever they are. They leave a trail of devastation behind. Officials say the carp arrived later than usual this year. In years past, they were here by May. Regardless, the strategy is the same, hunting the fish with tasers until November, so that the rest of the wildlife in Sun Moon Lake has a chance of survival. Environmentalists say coral reefs around Taiwan are undergoing a mass bleaching amid rising sea temperatures and a lack of typhoons. According to ocean surveys, the reefs along the west coast of Hunchun Peninsula are badly hit, reaching the threshold to issue level 2 alert for bleaching. Let's hear from the Ocean Conservation Administration. A level 1 alert means there may be noticeable coral bleaching. A level 2 alert means there may be significant bleaching or death of corals. Southern Taiwan is now at level 2 alert, and northern Taiwan is now at level 1 alert. 
Back in 2020, Taiwan saw its largest ever coral bleaching event. Many coral ecosystems in the Hunchuan Peninsula and Liuqiu Island were deemed to be experiencing the highest or second highest loss of functioning. Experts say coral thrives at temperatures between 20 and 28 degrees Celsius. Typhoons play a key role in regulating water temperatures during the summer, as they bring cooler deep ocean water to the surface, preventing overheating. This summer was an especially hot one with little rainfall. Taiwan recorded an average of just 28.2 millimeters of rain in all the, in July, the lowest amount in 12 years. Reservoirs are running low and with high electricity consumption due to the heat, concerns are rising on how long the situation can hold on. The sun scorches down. This year's summery clothes barely provide a shield from the heat. A strong North Pacific high and a lack of typhoons has resulted in little rainfall in Taiwan this summer. In July, Taiwan saw an average of just 28.2 millimeters of precipitation, about a third of last year. Reservoirs in the country are running low. Jilong's Xingshan Reservoir and Nantou's Wuxia Dam are currently both at around 40% capacity. Over July, the Jilong region only had 31 millimeters of precipitation. In August, there has only been 52 millimeters so far. Such level of rainfall is only over 20% of years past. The Shizhi area has two water sources, one from Xinshan Reservoir and another from Feitui Reservoir. We're currently working on increasing the amount of water directed at the Shizhi area to take water supply pressure of Xinshan Reservoir. Electricity consumption has also increased as a result of high temperatures. At 1.30 p.m. Wednesday, electricity consumption soared to 39.795 million kilowatts, the second highest peak recorded this month. The operating reserve fell to 5.01%. Yesterday, the solar panels in southern Taiwan were affected by the weather, but the situation had improved today, so there's more electricity generated by solar PVs. The highs have slightly dipped by about 1 degree Celsius, so the overall energy supply shouldn't be much of a problem. From the evening of August 27th to August 28th, there will be a soft northerly wind, so northern Taiwan and the Yilan region will see scattered showers between the evening of August 27th and August 28th. Other regions will more or less experience afternoon thunder showers. By Sunday, there will be more moisture. The Central Weather Bureau says a front could approach Taiwan next Thursday, bringing down temperatures across the island. The Ministry of Labor's Salary Review Committee is set to convene September 1st to discuss adjustments to the minimum wage. Labor representatives say the government should significantly raise the base salary amid soaring inflation. One representative says the minimum monthly salary should be brought up to 28,000 NT. Meanwhile, businesses' representatives say that the government should also consider the impact of inflation on operating costs. Black tea, milk powder and brown sugar go in the shaker and are given a thorough mix. The drink is poured into a cup to make this shop's signature bubble tea. Mr. Ye works here part-time. He says he makes 15 to 30 drinks per hour, for which he gets paid 170 NT. It's barely enough to get by. Food is getting more expensive. My wallet can barely take it. Of course I'd like wages to go up. 
the minimum hourly wage could go to 175 NT or 173 NT, or better yet, up to 180 NT. I would like to see the minimum monthly wage be adjusted in one go to 28,000 NT. According to the OECD, low-income workers refer to people who have a net income below two-thirds of the median. In Taiwan, anyone with monthly earnings below 28,000 NT is low income. Inflation and rising material costs are sending prices soaring. Earlier this year, the minimum monthly wage was adjusted up by 5.21%. The Wage Review Committee is scheduled to discuss any further adjustments on September 1st. Labor representatives say they hope the minimum monthly wage can be sorted out in one go and be raised from the current 25,250 NT to 28,000 NT, an increase of 10.9%. Business representatives say that's too much. Every time labor representatives ask for very high salaries, but in the end it's the Ministry of Labor that makes the final decision. Of course, inflation is putting a lot of pressure on employees, but it's also putting a lot of pressure on businesses, which are seeing rising material costs. I do agree that the base wage should be revised up next year, with inflation at 3% and economic growth of 1.5 to 1.6%. Add those up and you get a rise of 4.5%. Experts say the minimum wage should be adjusted to keep up with inflation and economic growth. But they argue that the raise should not exceed 5% to avoid an impact on consumer prices. Meanwhile, the head of the General Chamber of Commerce says that inflation affects both labor and businesses, saying that big wage hikes would only put additional pressure on business. He added that the government should draw up a system to calculate adjustments to prevent tensions between laborers and employers. A hot air balloon festival has kicked off in Taichung's mountainous Shigang district. Visitors can approach for a ride on one of the five colorful balloons to take in a stunning view. The festival will last four days this year and judging from the number of visitors on day one, it's sure to be a hit. Hot air balloons in all colors of the rainbow rise up to the blue skies. Many people have come here early in the morning for a ride. Forget about long trips to Taidong. Now you can also catch hot air balloons at Taichung Shigang District and see the beautiful views from high up in the air. I'd never done anything like this, so I came over to try it. It was just in time for the sunrise. It was gorgeous. The four-day hot air balloon festival is held at the Tunio Sports Park. The balloons are fixed to the ground so that they don't drift away. Each basket can carry three to four people, and each ride lasts between four and six minutes. Up to 150 people can take a ride each session in one of five balloons, which take turns at lifting travelers. When it started rising, I felt my legs giving out, but I wasn't afraid. The scenery is nice. I usually go to bed quite late, so it's been a while since I've woken up this early, but I did it to see the sunrise and go on the balloons. Just before the end of the summer break, hot air balloons are bringing tourists to Taichung both at dawn and dusk. The CECC says Taiwan will likely see another peak in local COVID infections in mid-September. 
The wave would be driven by the BA5 Omicron subvariant, which is highly capable of reinfecting people who were previously infected by the BA2 subvariant. With the mid-autumn festival around the corner, health officials say that the older adults and children who have not been vaccinated should avoid attending gatherings. Taiwanese doctors are creating a new smart system to detect risk associated with obesity. A long-term study in Jilong will provide lots of data to help predict whether pre uh, patients might be developing obesity-related disease. Doctors from Chang'an Memorial Hospital and the National Health Research Institutes are working with electronics giant Acer on the system. Obesity is an emblematic disease of modern culture. Lots of other diseases are associated with obesity, and according to the Ministry of Health and Welfare, 8 out of 10 of the top causes of death in Taiwan were linked to obesity. Testing for factors connected to obesity has become a massive research topic in recent years. Obesity is probably the cause of 10,000 diseases, so we're doing a long-term study. Chang'e Memorial Hospital has determined the participants they want to track in Jilong. It should be easier than in a medical center. The services will be better. The National Health Research Institute, Changgong and Acer are working together to produce a smart obesity detection system. The artificial intelligence-powered system has an accuracy rate of over 75%. They hope it can be installed in health databases to help catch issues early. This looks like a totally normal ECG, according to our current ECG metrics. But with the system, we can use AI to work out the patient actually has had a heart attack. They have narrow arteries. An ECG often doesn't tell a patient that they're showing the traces of a heart attack. But with the team's use of AI, they can figure out more about health factors. Early detection of risks like this can help treat and prevent more serious diseases.